Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Welcome to the Illuminated Word. My name is Devin Morris. Today our scripture comes from John chapter 5, verses 1 through 18. We'll read, do some application, and uh, hopefully we'll both walk away benefited from our time together. Let's read our passage. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, in Aramaic called Bethsaida, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, both blind, lame, paralyzed. One man was there who had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been there a long time. He said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now the day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he said to them, The man who healed me, the man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man that said to you, Take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Not because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. This is a pretty interesting passage for a couple of reasons. One is the chronology there at the end. You know, it kind of gets a little, a little wonky. Um, but there are some other cool aspects to this as well. For instance, uh, the sheep gate and uh, the colonnades, the call Bethsaida, those are all uh, you know, historically identifiable locations. Uh, John is one of those that's often uh, put under a lot of scrutiny for the historical uh, inaccuracies or questions that we find there. Uh, and this is one of those that finally in 1890 these colonnades were found. And, and put uh, many skeptics, um, made, made silent a lot of skeptics based on that discovery, as well as the, the sheep gate after that. Uh, this is apparently a place where people would gather in some uh, versions of your Bibles. You're going to have a verse 3 and 4 in the ESV. These uh, half of verse 3 and verse 4 cut out because they are... Um, sound a little too mythical and they don't appear in all of the earlier manuscripts so copyists or uh, translation teams have decided to keep them out of uh, more modern versions of the bible so whether you read it into it or not doesn't really affect the story other than uh, there there clearly was this idea or this belief that an angel really did steer up the water stir up the waters uh, under these colonnades and whoever was the first one to get down into it would, would be healed. If you watch the TV show The Chosen, 
they did a really cool um, you know reenactment of this and what that must have been like Jesus's question to the invalid has you know brought up a lot of different interpretations as well and some of them are really good and, and thought-provoking um, but to dig too much into it uh, doesn't really benefit the story necessarily it's a good devotional thought you know, do you want to be healed you know what does that mean for the man um, the, the point is Jesus seems to be asking the man a, a personal question and we can't really we can surmise what the man was thinking. The man responds and, and says, Hey, I've got no one to put me in the pool. Otherwise, uh, I would be healed. And Jesus responds, Take up your bed and walk. He does so, and it's only then that we get, Oh, hey guys, it was the Sabbath. There's that delay for whatever reason that John wants to, to bring this to us. Hey, it's the Sabbath. This is a really big, really important point in the gospel stories. All um, all four Gospels are going to have instances where Jesus is healing on the Sabbath. Because Sabbath healings become very important to who Jesus is. Because it's in, in these circumstances, these unique circumstances of healing on the Sabbath, that Jesus can make some very divine claims. Um, not just from the aspect of, of doing work when Jews didn't you know believe you could work on, on the Sabbath. Um due to the law i mean it's not just a belief it, w- it really was there but what jesus would say in connection to those things you know a really popular one is in matthew 12 um i can't remember where it's um parallel is in mark and luke it's not in john but it's in mark and luke and, and in it you get jesus saying uh, man was made the sabbath was made for man and not man for the sabbath and then he goes on to make a claim about being the son of man in, in Matthew and Mark. Uh, so it's a really important moment for Jesus in his um, opposition to the Pharisees. Throughout the Gospels, you have the Pharisees um, opposing Jesus in, in some pretty significant ways. And this is one that all the Gospel writers find very important to bring out as they opposed him when he would do things on the Sabbath. And Jesus would respond with this um, reordering of how important the Sabbath is hey you can still you sh- you need to observe the sabbath definitely but realize that the sabbath was made for specific reasons he's not uh, some people may go there to say that, oh look jesus rules out the sabbath the sabbath isn't important that's actually not what jesus is, is saying at all in fact there we have a christian sabbath now the christian sabbath has just been moved to sunday it's a day that we we really should be focusing on reflection and not working and basking in the things that christ accomplished for us in his death resurrection and ascension beyond that we have jesus's response uh, the man uh, doing what jesus tells him to getting apprehended and questioned um, by the jews who um, that's a interchangeable term but most of the time for the gospel of john jews is not a is not a positive term the chronology from this point gets a little funny and you can see that John has taken a story and then added um, a couple of things to the story in order to you know direct you towards his theological purposes of, of his gospel so how this all played out is actually a little confusing to me Jesus is there at these five colonnades heals this man the Jews apparently who are around like it's the same setting tell the man to stop carrying his mat 
and he tells him, hey, Jesus, or this guy is the one who healed me. They look around. He's not there. And so then later Jesus sees the man in the temple and, and kind of gives him this blessing and this almost rebuke. Hey, sin no more that nothing worse may happen. It's it's not a nice thing. It's it's a rebuke. Jesus does this with the man in the, in the temple. The man then walks away and, and tells the Jews who Jesus, you know, it was Jesus who healed them. And then all of a sudden you get Jesus answering them, that is the Jews. My father is working until so. So it's weird because Jesus isn't there, and then all of a sudden he's responding to the Jews. So it, I believe 17 and 18 are, are kind of additions to John to further explain to you why the Jews are persecuting him. In the synoptics, which would have come before John writing his gospel, they've made it very clear that Jesus does these miracles and, and things on the Sabbath, and that's a reason why the Jews were after him. John is adding another layer to it. It's not just the whole he's doing things on the Sabbath. It's that he's calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. That's what you get the verse end of verse 18. John's trying to tell you, hey, there's, there's more to this story. Uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they got it right. It's definitely because he's doing things on the Sabbath. But there's also the element of the Jews were really mad that he was calling himself equal with God. And you see that more than just here. Jesus' prayers are, are all going to reference the Father. That's really prominent in Luke, but also in John, you know, John 17, where you get the high priestly prayer as it's labeled, which is Jesus praying and refers to him as, as my Father. So clearly this is a common practice. I mean, when he teaches the, uh, the disciples to pray, it's our Father. This is a not a common thing for for the Jews to do. This it was um, irreverent. You know, you're 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 making yourself equal with God and saying that you can have this more intimate relationship than the rest of Israel is a way that an Israelite would have viewed it. All Israelites are on the same page. God is definitely not. He is a father in in some senses, but he is God first and foremost. Very taboo thing to say. But through that, I mean. We've come to understand our relationship to God through the way that Jesus would speak about him. We know how we can speak to God because of how Jesus spoke to him. He is our, Christ is our brother in that way. The first fruits showing us what new creation can really look like and what our new relationship with God truly is. There's a real beauty to that. I hope you're looking for ways to love and serve your neighbor in genuine and sincere ways this week. Peace and love.